welcome back to the Sweet as Honey podcast. For all the dancers and aspiring professionals out there, today is going to be so, so good. We have the one and only Jennifer Amber joining Yay. us. Woohoo! She's basically a legend. Oh my gosh, stop. <laughs> <Too far. laughs> Not only is she one of the most iconic DCCs, her base is pretty much everywhere. Um, she's also a mom, a coach, and owner of her own business, Make It Pro Dance. Her resume is outstanding, and so many girls auditioning for professional sports teams go to her for training, advice, and preparation. So, welcome, Jen. Thank you. Glad to be here. I know. I met you my first year on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Jen teaches like a bunch of dance classes, and I showed up for one. I was honestly like pretty nervous, <laughs> which cracks me up because she walked in. I was like, "Oh my gosh, Claire is here!" So. <laughs> I was so nervous. I got a spray tan before. I was Love. like, I was like, I need to look like decent for this. <laughs> okay, was it the back in black combo? Was that your first no? One? It was. Oh, I don't remember. I can remember what I was okay. wearing. Okay, but no, it wasn't back in black. That was like a few classes in. Um, but I was so impressed with like how you were as a person. You're just so kind and welcoming, and um, I could tell you're a mentor to like a lot of women, and now including myself. So. Obviously, I look up to a bunch, and you really helped to give me some direction with, like, my dance career and stuff and what I wanted to do and got me connected to my job now. So I'm so thankful for you in my life, and I'm excited that you're on this podcast. Yeah, I'm pumped. I've heard so many wonderful things about your podcast and how you're just shedding light into some of the most incredible women in the industry, and so I'm very honored to be here. Of course. Okay. Well, for those of you who don't know Jen's background and what she does... You do it all. <laughs> I feel like I, I definitely try. I try to do everything I possibly can incorporating into auditions. Exactly. So she, like I said, she's a mom, a coach. She choreographs and teaches for your own program. Mm-hmm. Um, so she balances it all. I don't know how. And you have a huge reach, especially to the girls in the Dallas area who come take your classes um, within the program you created, Make It Pro Dance. So tell us about how that dream came to life and your mission with it. So I definitely have loved teaching and mentoring and coaching pretty much my whole life. Mm -hmm. Um, I honestly prefer it to performing. So everybody's like, did you, do you miss being a DCC? And I'm like, sure, but I really love what I'm doing now. I feel more like called and purposeful Mm -hmm. now than I probably ever did performing because I love the behind the scenes and the choreography. So I started teaching prep classes right after um, I say graduated, retired, but I graduated from DCC. I started teaching prep classes like right after. And uh, my first group of people were Taylor and Madeline and Aaron. Wow. And that class of oh, humans. And so two sweet. of them had been cut in that training camp. So I really felt like I got to pour to them um, and their character and their purpose and the talent the Lord had given them mm-hmm. over just teaching a dance class. So I got to like yeah. mentor them on a weekly basis. So um, the first fun fact, the first prep class I ever taught was in that summer and we had two people show up. (laughs) That was it. And I just kept going and I had two people show up for the whole summer and that was it. And then neither one of them ever came back. So I was like, okay. But then that fall, I really started like trying to promote and get out there and like reach out to people that might need to be in that class. And the very first like official one we did had 14. And now it's like waitlisted on Monday nights because it just gets so full so fast, which is such a blessing. But um, I started classes that year, and then I was doing a ton of privates and a lot of solos, mm-hmm. and I just felt like there has to be a better way to prep people than just privates. Mm-hmm. So I kept that in the back of my mind, and then I would have girls fly in from Seattle and L.A. and New York, Louisiana to come take class wow. on like a monthly basis. And they kept being like, I obviously can't afford to come once a month. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a way that we could do something virtually? And I'm like, I would love to, but I don't know. I don't know. I just kept kind of like... I knew I was going to do something with it someday. I just didn't know how. Yeah. Um, and I kept over-processing it in my head. Mm. I needed a production Don't manager. <laughs> I needed a videographer. I needed all of this. Um, and so January of 2020, I literally felt like a Holy Spirit calling when mm-hmm. I woke up on January 1st, mm-hmm. like buy a tripod, film a class. And I thought, this is laughable. Like <laughs> no one's going to take this seriously. Who films on a $20 Amazon tripod? But I felt like I was being told to do it. So I followed through with it Mm -hmm. and filmed one a week. I remember I sold like 10 of my first on-demand video. So this was in addition to the Thursday night class I had been teaching for years. And I was like, 10 people bought my video. Like, this is huge. I was like so excited. Didn't Uh know what was coming. 
Um, and then COVID hit in March mm. and I was the only pro prep individual like in the nation up mm. and running virtually. Yeah. I had like 10 classes filmed by that point. Um, but more than that, I had learned how to teach on video and I had learned how to like get the camera to be into the mirror, like all the angles, like the weird things that make class successful over right. zoom and online. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I did just to help everybody out because we were right in the middle of auditions for so many teams. I had girls in jets and chiefs and going for DCC and chargers and all of these different teams. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I did is I just did a month of free classes and I went from like virtually. So I went from, you know, 35 to 50 people in class, plus like 10 people buying on demand to 150 or 200 people That's on insane. like a live. Yeah. It was crazy. I and remember so some of that. It was absolutely. Yeah. And people were like in their bathrooms taking class, yeah. like in their kitchens, like wherever they could fit. And I was at the studio by myself because we weren't really allowed to be anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, but God had really set me up to be successful at yeah. that time. And then I just ran with it. Uh, and then the Michael Jordan documentary came out. This plays a key role. I'm oh, wow. Okay. Role. okay, I'm interested. So the documentary <laughs> came out and he had made a comment about one of his teammates that um, he played so much better with a strong supporting cast around him mm -hmm. that was small and held him accountable. Mm -hmm. And like a light bulb went off. And I was like, I need to start small, accountable community dance groups yeah. that will help train people with a likability, a similar passion, and give them that community that they're looking for going through auditions. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where Pro Focus started. And mm, um, so we launched cool. in September that first season, yeah. and I did it all by myself. I taught yeah. 10 classes, some virtual, some in person, um, and had 63 people in the program from two emails I had sent out. Didn't, wow. didn't announce anything on social media, just did it behind the scenes. Um, and then 2021, I brought in some coaches mm -hmm. and we grew to like 113 people. Um, but it took us, you know, four or five months to grow to that number. Mm -hmm. And then this year we did a two week enrollment period only, which just closed um, at the beginning of this week. And we had 131 in it. Dang, and it's crazy. To be honest, it's like too many. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, where are you going to go? So we're in the kind of Tetris form of like getting right. all that to work together. But um, I just knew there had to be a better way to meet people where they were yeah. to build them up and then to hit the entire audition score sheet. So not yeah. just dance, but all those key elements, you know, are so vital. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of people have them inside of them. They just didn't know that they did. Mm -hmm. So it's bringing out how to have your own personality and style while still doing the choreography. Yeah. Bringing out how to interview well without sounding like you're a robot mm -hmm. or terrified. Yeah. It's bringing out how to have a personality when you speak to the director or the coach so that you're memorable to them. So, mm -hmm so many nuts and bolts. I won't give them all the way because that's the secret sauce, but um, it definitely <laughs> is kind of how the whole process started. So long wow. story short, um, so we're cool. super blessed. And now we have pro focus. We launched college focus this year. Yes. And so that's going to help dancers that are going from high school and missing that sideline experience mm -hmm. or some of the tricks and skills that colleges really require. Mm -hmm. And we've launched that this year. Um, and then we have our on-demand library, Thursday night classes, virtual classes. We have packages releasing this year that will help with specific things like kick or interview prep, hair and makeup, all the different nuts and bolts that some people wow. might be missing. So it's a lot, That's but if it has to do with auditions, we do it. <laughs> That's where it's at. <laughs> That's incredible. And yeah. you started, like you said, with two people in your class. So very yeah. humble. We were just talking yes. about this before the podcast. Yes. Like, I have my little mic right now. <laughs> I was like, Duh, this is humble. And this is what we're doing in my kitchen. And, and I feel like so often when the Lord calls you to do things, it's not in this like grand, perfectly yeah. professional way. Yeah. It's in like a, you start with what like you're, it's like the parable of the coins, right? Mm -hmm. Like you start with the one that you're given and you grow it. You're mm -hmm. not given a hundred to start with. No. So it's that whole concept of, you know, growing your talent and mm -hmm. just almost, I had to humble myself to start with that little tripod and just yeah. put it out there. And who knew that that was, I still haven't graduated past that. That was literally all that I knew in order for it to work. It so works. it's given a lot of, you know, faith on my side yeah. and it shows me that the Lord's evident in what I'm doing as right. opposed to me controlling all of it. Yeah. And it is such a like niche market because mm -hmm. when I was going through that transition from, you know, high school to college, there wasn't that, um, there wasn't a bunch of resources to help right. you prepare for college is mostly like what your studio did for you. Mm -hmm. And then same with trying out for DCC, everything I knew just came from past experience. Right. And now you're giving these girls like really great tools to help mm -hmm. them audition. And you basically have 
the whole community yeah. of professional <laughs> sports dancers like coming to you to you. get advice and stuff. It's crazy and cool to watch that grow. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Okay. So obviously that program has grown a lot in the last few years, mm -hmm. but what's your biggest advice to girls auditioning for professional sports scenes? My biggest advice is to be persistent and patient. Mm. Um, I think we often forget that a, specifically a professional sports team is a casting call. Like mm -hmm. we were saying before this all started, um, it is a job. And so a lot of times we think like, okay, I can be as ready as I possibly want to be, but what if I'd done one more thing? Maybe that would have helped you. Maybe it just wasn't your time. And mm. um, if you feel called to do it, I'm very passionate about people continuing to dance and perform because mm. it's a short window in most of our lives. Yeah, totally. So I'm super passionate about people getting to be on the right team. Sometimes it means like looking left at a different organization that might utilize your skill set now. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it means trying out multiple years. Um, I have you know girls that have come through the Pro Focus program where one got cut at prelims two years in a row and then made it to training camp the year we did pro focus. Mm. Was she that much better? Sure. She got a lot better, but more than anything, it, she was just the right fit at that time for yeah. what they were looking for. Yeah. And there's another girl that made Cowboys this year. She got cut at semis twice, did pro focus. It was great. So I got to know her through that. And she ended up being, you know, making the team mm -hmm. and really having a pretty successful training camp. So mm -hmm. it really has so much more to do with just being the right place in time. And um, I tried out when I was 18. Yeah. I was a redhead like you. Oh, you were? But not a cute one. Oh. It was like maroon <laughs> red. And I wore like ringlet curls. I had purple glitter eyeshadow on. Wait, you it was, it was, I don't think they exist. I think I burned them. No. Um, but, and it was like the second year of the show. So okay. it was like a long time ago. Um, I wore high-waisted shorts. They were not in. I wasn't necessarily, I just wasn't ready. Yeah. I wasn't in great shape, which mm -hmm. is a huge part of it is right. like, that does not mean skinny. That means like fit mm -hmm. for your body type. Yeah. I wasn't in great shape. I looked 12 because I'm now 34 <laughs> and looked 24. So like <laughs> looked 12. Um, I did have a really nice girl there though, who told me, she was like, wow, you're like really pretty. Just like Mean Girls, but she meant it. I'm hoping. Um, so it did encourage me to just like, like okay, maybe I could do this one day, but um, yeah. I just wasn't ready. And so I was cut at 18 and I waited six years to re-audition because it was just, you know, the Lord's timing in my life. I was in a modern company in the meantime, and I mm. choreographed for a professional company in Austin and did a bunch of other dance checklist things mm -hmm. that I wanted to do, got married, like all of these things. Yeah. Um, but really timing is so much a part of the entire situation. Yeah. So, and then right team is a big deal. Right. So um, there are several girls that, you know, were trying out for um, a specific team for a long time, trying not to like knock any teams. Mm -hmm. And they were not getting past that finals round. Mm -hmm. And then they all decided one year, I was like, you need to go try out for this one. And they all shifted. They all made it, had four amazing years there because wow. that organization really needed what they offered. Mm -hmm. The organization was definitely not worse. It just was different. Yeah. Finding so, your strengths. Where exactly. You yeah. So being persistent and, and then patient. Mm -hmm. So trusting if it's not that year, maybe it's another, or yeah. maybe you need to pivot your mindset so that it can be a team that fits where you're at now. Um, there's something you said about timing mm -hmm. and just thinking about your story. Mm -hmm. Like if you had made it as an 18 year old, mm -hmm. I'm sure your experience with DCC would have been a lot different. Yes. I was not near as responsible. At 18. <laughs> so, I mean, I was never like a crazy girl. I was not like yeah. a party animal, but like I would have been late to practice. Yeah. I guarantee it. I would have forgotten something I was supposed to bring. I would have shown up unprepared. Um, I, I probably would have, you know, not had as successful of a look because I wasn't as disciplined in what I ate or how I worked out. Right. Um, I needed that entire six year process yeah. for my journey. And even more than that, not making it 18 was so great because I met my husband, mm -hmm. we got married, we lived in Austin, which is really where the Lord completely transformed my life. Right. And um, it was great here. It was, it pulled me out of my comfort zone, changed me so much as a dancer, a teacher, a choreographer, a Christian. So it was an amazing year and a half experience there. And then my husband did not love Austin. He's never <laughs> conservative. So Austin was a lot for him. <laughs> so he was like, I think I need to move back to Dallas. So when we did that, he was like, Hey, he was the one that said, you should try out for Cowboys. Now you're finally like free of obligation. Yeah. And you've talked about it for years and not been able to follow mm -hmm. through with it. And you're in shape now because you know, I figured out how to do that in yeah, Austin. Figure out your life so it was great. And um, I also wouldn't have this company. 
Yeah. So I told my husband just yesterday, I feel like I'm walking in one of the most purposeful seasons of my life because of this. Oh yeah. And I wouldn't have had that if I had made it at 18. Exactly. Which is so encouraging. I think for girls who have been told no before, Mm -hmm. because you never know, you know, the yes that's going to come and how Mm -hmm. God prepares you in that season to be even better. And like your modern, or you said you choreographed Mm -hmm. um, for a modern company. I literally finished a modern show the weekend of auditions. Yeah. And I was like like, dancing low to the ground (laughs) in second position, head till spine connection, and then ran over and picked up pom-poms. Like it was all in the same weekend, but it was, it was this beautiful like season of my life. Yeah. Um, But I think no is one of the most powerful things that Mm -hmm. we can ever be told. Yeah. Um, No makes way for growth in progress. Yes, rarely does. Because when you're told yes, you're like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. So we tend to like get more comfortable. We tend to like rest on our laurels. We tend to just kind of, even if we want to grow, we don't have that same push and drive. Right. And when we're told no, if you can emotionally make it through a no, it can be the absolute like launch pad for the next trajectory of your life. Mm -hmm. So no is in my book, a very good thing. Yeah. That's Um, great advice. I have to talk that two people, yeah. they don't feel that way, yeah. <laughs> which is okay. Yeah. Um, but no is where we learn a lot about ourselves and the path and the journey that we need to be on. Yeah. That leads me into my next point mm-hmm. because I think rejection is a huge topic and not to say like you can't be sad about mm-hmm. the no at first, but mm-hmm. it's what you do with the no that really changes your perspective and everything. Um, so obviously you help a lot of girls audition, some make it, some don't. Um, what is your advice to help them navigate through rejection and then also like encourage them to keep going and mm-hmm. trying other things? So really it's kind of like twofold. The first thing is, um, I think rejection is so hard in the arts world mm-hmm. because arts are personal. Subjective. We're passionate mm-hmm. about it. It's personal. A lot of times we wrap up our identity in it and mm-hmm. um, we wrap up our identity in the fact that we always made the team mm-hmm. or we always ended up towards the front of the formation mm-hmm. or we always had that skill that the team needed um, or the look or whatever it was. So we feel like our identity is being told it's not enough mm-hmm. and that's a scary place to be. So I really counsel a lot of people through the process of separating your identity from the professional side of the audition. Yeah. And choosing to, you can totally be sad. You should be sad Mm. or you didn't care enough and that you didn't do a good job. You should definitely be sad. And that's biblical. There's a time for grieving and mourning. Yeah. And I believe that's the same with an audition, but you have to be able to like take that grieving and mourning as, wow, I'm really sad about a missed opportunity, mm-hmm. something I was excited about, something I could see happening, mm-hmm. but separate it from who you are. Right. It's not no because you're not beautiful enough. It's yeah. not no because you're not talented enough. Mm-hmm. It's no because in a room full of amazing, they needed these 36. Mm-hmm. And that's just what it boils down to. Yeah. Um, and that's so hard to explain to people and everyone's different. So I remember Ashlyn and Tori, they got cut at mm-hmm. the same time. Tori calls me walking out being cut. I'm going to be in class on Thursday. Like that was Tori. She yeah. needed to jump back on the horse immediately um, because that's her personality. And right. she, you know, thrived under that. And that no just like fueled her mm-hmm. to be the amazing performer she is now. Ashton's personality is process oriented. Mm-hmm. She needed time to kind of like process through what all of that meant mm-hmm. so she could show up ready to receive. So process is never a bad thing. Yeah. You just can't let it be. I'm not enough. It mm. needs to be, it didn't work out, right. you know? And so that's really my biggest advice is to take the rejection, not as personal, mm-hmm. but to take it as like, okay, am I going to grow from this and continue down this path? Yeah. Or is there something else for me? And mm-hmm. both are great. Mm-hmm. You just have to figure out which one it is. Totally. I feel like faith has played the biggest role in mm-hmm. my dance career just because you can get shaken so mm-hmm. much, especially like as a kid, when I wasn't as deep in that, like, you know, those no's and they hurt. all the comparison, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to deal with. And and um, knowing that you were made to be who you are. Yeah. Don't be who they are. Yeah. That's really hard, it's, you know, because exactly. they're getting praised. So you're like, if I did it like she did it, then mm. I might get praised. But that's not true. Like, yeah. it fits for her and you have to continue your uniqueness, your talent, mm-hmm. your growth on your own. Right. And then I tell people all the time, like someone else's success is not your loss. Exactly. Yeah. So she got the job. She got picked for that. Like little spoiler alert. Once you make a team, you're still auditioning for everything. Exactly. Like, yeah. You're still always auditioning. Still keeps going. Um, exactly. <laughs> so just understanding that like you can, somebody else's success doesn't mean you didn't get it. It just means right. they, their number got called. Right. I think if you can thrive in that like optimistic, mm-hmm. I'm enough, I'm growing, I'm going environment, you will have a more successful career plan process journey overall yeah, too. Totally. I had the biggest difference between high school and college because mm-hmm. I was 
being told, you know, like I wasn't good enough. I wasn't as good as other people that I was dancing with. Wait, did you just tell me someone said you weren't good enough? (laughs) Oh yeah. Like completely like what? I was like, I don't know. I feel like my, they weren't ready for you yet. No, you were, you were getting to this point. That's where you excel the absolute most. Yeah. I was working hard and I wouldn't say I was bad, but I wasn't confident in my strengths yet. Like, and I wanted to be as good as the person next to me, but I wasn't allowing myself to be like who Claire was as a dancer. Mm -hmm. And so when I went to college, that kind of all left and I had to find like who I was and my strengths. And, um, it helped me so much. Mm -hmm. Like I really became confident in my style. And like, I think that's when everything clicked and I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. now I know what I can do, what I'm capable of. Like, and it gives you a little bit more insight into like where you should go with your dance career for sure. and you know, like more confidence and more direction, which yeah. makes things a little bit easier for sure. Yeah. And I tell people a lot, like you need to lean into what you're good at. Mm-hmm. So like me, for example, I am a, a five, four, very average looking brunette. <laughs> so me going out to LA and trying to book a bunch of dance jobs, yeah. I'm not unique enough, frankly, yeah. for that. Um, but I'm a better fit for a team that looks for a classic all-American look mm-hmm. as part of their DNA. Right. That's not all they have. They want lots right. of diversity too, but um, they do have that on their team. So I'm like, okay. And they're not, you don't have to be super tall. I can't be a rocket. I'm not tall enough. Yeah. Right? So it gave me, you know, you just kind of have to find, it, my parents were always good at this. They wanted to cultivate what we were good at and build that up. That's great. So I think you're right. Like and that's with dance too. That doesn't mean every dance job's for you. You right. have to kind of find the avenue that you can walk down where you are finding success, but where you also feel that you can grow, gain confidence, mm-hmm. see your style pr- improve, all of those things. Yeah, exactly. I got told I was had too much of an American girl look okay. for the LA scene. Yes, so I get many that. times, and so you know I would have been forcing that a little bit, and probably had mm-hmm. to change and cut my hair like crazy, been and, edgy and cool. Yeah, and shave half of your head, which yeah. is beautiful and which is beautiful yeah. and some, but you know that's not me. So. I was, right. In this, um, in this case, like being an all American look was great and it mm-hmm. fit me and it works. I'm like, that's where mm-hmm. you kind of find like where you belong. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's great. I totally get that. Good advice. Um, okay. I want to talk a little bit about you and yes. your experience because you have, like you said, a really extensive background with dance. Mm-hmm. Um, it's made you who you are as like a dancer, mm-hmm. choreographer, all that. So how did you train growing up and like what led you to want to audition for DCC? So I definitely have a unique background. And once again, I tell people this all the time. If the Lord has it for you, it will happen. Regardless of yeah. circumstance, regardless of situation, training, mm-hmm. if it's for you, it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so I started dancing at like two and I pretty much accepted it as my job at like three. <laughs> like I never wanted to do anything else. I was so like, must be on time, must be prepared, must know everything. Kind of bossy. Still am. We're working through it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was definitely, I was very serious about it from a young age. That's funny. And um, to the point that I played softball one year because my dad begged me to. Okay. And I had a home run in the all-star game. Wow. And he was so proud of me. And I'm literally rounding home. And he's like, are we going to play next year? And I go, no. No. I had to miss a dance class. I will never play again. Oh. So I was so serious. You were focused. I was so focused. But that's me. I'm very all in to yeah. anything I do. Um, but I trained in all styles, lots of ballet. I started mm. point when I was nine. Um, moms, if you're listening, don't do that to yeah. your children. It's far too young. Um, yes, and my ankles were not ready. So I did, you know, a ton of dance. I started getting out of school early in like sixth grade to mm. go to dance. Um, and then when I was in eighth grade, I found out I have a bone problem in both of my ankles. And wow. I shattered my left, what's called your talus dome. I'd shattered the top wow. part and then cracked my right one. And so um, we were on, at that point, the doctors were like, we're kind of on like a path of, we don't know what's going to work. We don't know if it's going to have to be a lot of surgeries. We don't know if it's, they really, there was just a lot of conjecture. There was no like really like solved plan going ahead. Mm -hmm. So I was in a cast, but don't worry. The day I was told it was broken. They were like, okay, let's go get you in a cast. I was like, I have a show this weekend. (laughs) And of course my dad went with me, not my mom. So my dad's like, yeah, she's got a show. We'll be back Monday. Oh, so I went into the show. <laughs> His dad's like, yep. He's like, yeah, I mean, Girl knows we're dedicated. <laughs> so I went into the show and um, it was a cancer benefit show. So it was an important one. Yeah. Went into the show, came back on Monday, was casted up, went through like a four month cast. Like it was rough. Wow. And then it basically took me out of dance and performing for most of that year. Um, and then I was told I got transferred to Scottish Rite Children's Hospital, mm-hmm. which is like big time doctors that like fly from all over the world to handle these problems. And I basically was told I would never dance again. Mm. And I was like, okay, well, that's not the answer I feel that the Lord's put in my no. life. So I then um, 
just kind of went through a process of having to figure out where I was. Fortunately, and this is going to sound crazy, but I went to a church that has very large shows. And um, so I got to dance in all these shows at my church because I could handle that because I would have downtime in between. Yeah. Um, And then I became a competitive cheerleader in the meantime. Was that better for me? Probably not. (laughs) But that's what I did in the meantime. I was like taped up every day. I got really serious about competitive cheer. But looking back, it changed my dance structure a lot and gave me the sharpness and the crispness and the clarity and Mm -hmm. the fast movement and solid transition and Mm -hmm. some acro skills, you know, those things. And then on a whim, I had my boyfriend's mom in high school Mm -hmm. who you work for now. Um, She told me, she was like, just try out for the Auburn dance team. And I was like, I mean, I haven't danced in a studio in years, but okay. I did and I made it because I was fortunate enough to still remember how to do some of these tricks and skills. Um, And that kind of started me back in dance. And then I moved back to um, where like North Texas area and I didn't finish at Auburn. So I moved back. That's when I tried out for Cowboys and was told 18, maybe wait till you don't look 12. Um, They didn't say that, but I knew it. Um, And I knew I wanted to get back into dance. So I was the ultimate student. I would ask if I could go sit in as many master classes as possible. Mm -hmm. So for probably two years, it was me sitting in the corner of every master class that came through the studio I worked at. And they have a lot of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I took dance classes at like a local community college that has a really good dance program just to like get back in the swing of things. Yeah. So that was my like upward progress. So I don't have that traditional never stop dancing because yeah. I was just too injured to do that. Um, but that's why I say like, if the Lord has it for you, it will happen mm-hmm. because my friends that did have that never stop dancing, they're not working in it now. I was called to do this and dance professionally. Mm-hmm. And so that's just kind of where the path led yeah. me, which is crazy. But and then the ankles literally... And they were a nightmare growing up. When I turned probably like 18 or 19, mm-hmm. they just like stopped hurting. Wow. So they like swell and I have problems and like I will like tear stuff occasionally, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But like the constant everyday pain just kind of absolved one day. Dang. And I'm going to say it's from the power of prayer. Yeah. That's what yeah. I feel it was. Yeah. Um, but it definitely was done before I ever was mm-hmm. cheering. So it wasn't a right. huge problem cheering like I would have thought it would have been when yeah. I was younger. Right. Um, something I think is cool that I kind of have a similar experience with is I cheered a little bit in high school mm-hmm. and then I did my college like palm dance team and it wasn't necessarily the cool thing to do in the dance mm-hmm. world, but mm-hmm. I'm so thankful for those years because yeah. God teaches you those things that you're going to have to use later on in life that you right. don't know yet. Cause right. I didn't think I was going to be a professional cheerleader right. ever. And, and so, little did you know, having a great high V makes a difference. Yeah, you know, like it does. It makes yeah. a huge difference. And I think it made me a lot stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did know from my studio that I was at when I was younger, um, two of the teachers were Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. Oh, yeah. And I remember thinking, like, the world of them. So I did junior DCC when I was little. And I'm not going to lie. I thought some of the cheerleaders were horrible dancers. And so it was like, uh, <laughs> this is not good. Like, I really thought, like, they're not good. We're good. But it's because it was different. I yeah, know. it was different. And then but my dance teacher was incredible. And she had done stuff all over the world in L.A. and all this. So I was like, well, if it's good enough for her. So it kind of turned my interest to it. Okay. Um, and then, you know, we lived in Austin for a little bit. And that's where a lot of people were like, oh, you're from Dallas. Do you know Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders? And I was like, you think it's cool, too? <laughs> so it kind of, like, turned <gasps> my interest yeah. back towards that thought of, like, auditioning and yeah going forward with this actually being a huge thing and then once i made the team i was like oh my gosh they're so talented yeah like i had no idea the growth that had taken place Mm -hmm. in 25 years you know so it was crazy to see like the change and just how much talent had you know come into the doors Mm -hmm. from the show and the auditions and all of that kind of stuff yeah yeah and especially when when you're talking about injury too i was just thinking like god's plan you know he's sovereign so his Mm -hmm. plan is going to prevail no matter what like no matter what and so injury all that things all those type of things like he can work through mm-hmm. to get you where he wants you and absolutely so you just got to trust in that for sure absolutely all right so i also want to know about your experience as a dcc because you did how many years i did four, four. <laughs> i did four i know everybody's like did you do five like everyone you did five i'm like no i literally stopped one year early but i had the most blessed amazing experience yeah. so I was in a really cool rookie class with some, honestly, my rookie class was a little older. Mm-hmm. So I felt like it was a lot of women. I was 24 when I made it. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like it was a lot of like women that had done some life. And mm-hmm. um, not that there's anything wrong with being younger. It just right. was a great fit for me. Yeah. Um, and so I was, I got to be rookie of the year, which was super cool. I made wow. show group as a rookie um, and then was a second leader my second year. Mm-hmm. 
and with Emma as my first leader. And I learned so much about leadership from Emma because she was so good at being like, I am not good at this. Will you help? Mm. I am good at this. I've got this. And I was like, wow, clear cut, decisive understanding of her strengths and weaknesses. That's impressive. That is impressive. So it helped me to be like, I don't have to be perfect at everything. I just have to tell people what I'm not good at and let them step in. Yeah. So that was really cool. Um, and Jackie Bob was the first first leader of my first year. It mm-hmm. sounds so militant. First first leader. Yeah, first but first leader. We know what you mean. She was like captain. Yeah, you know? she was. My and I learned so much about her. Mia was my leader my first year. I learned about dance style from her. It was super cool. So my second year, I'm second leader, and I got to go on USO tours. Mm-hmm. And we went to Japan, Guam, and Hawaii that year. So cool. Um, it was super cool. And my best friend on the team was a girl named Sam. And so. I've done this in a horrible order, but my rookie year, um, <laughs> Selena Gomez was the halftime performance. Yes. And they had um, decided that they wanted some additional dancers. She was on tour at the time, so she had her tour dancers, and okay. they wanted additional ones to fill out the stage. So they were going to let the DCC, other Dallas dancers, DC R&B audition for those spots. So there were like 70 to 80 people in this audition. Oh, and wow. they picked six of us. And Sam and I were two, the two DCCs that made it. And so we okay. became good friends from that. Sam was a phenomenal technician, okay. like a prima at SMU, like wow. amazing. And um, she went to North Carolina school of the performing yeah. arts, like mm-hmm. great. So we became really good friends through that and got to go and USO to work together that next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of a testament to like in DCC, like your best friends aren't always the people that you would have maybe commonly like had things in common with outside mm-hmm. of dance. So, you know, Sam and I lived very different lives, but we were like together all the time yeah. at practice, which is super cool. So I loved yeah. the experience of getting to be with different people, different walks of life, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Third year, um, I was a first leader um, with Holly and JC and Angela. So okay. there were two fifth years, yeah. a fourth year, and then me. And Jessica Purdy was my second leader. And I learned mm. so much about compassion from her because mm. she, I'm very efficient minded. Okay. So sometimes I forget to be relational. And, and <laughs> yeah. Jessica's very good about remembering people first mm-hmm. and process second. Okay. Um, and so I learned a lot about like loving on people from her, which was yeah. super cool. And then my fourth year, I got to be first, first leader and went to pro bowl. And we went on, you know, USO tour. My third year was South Korea. Mm-hmm. My fourth year was Italy and London. Wow. And so it I'm was so just super neat. <laughs> yeah, we got to travel. I got to go to London for the NFL international series my second year. Yeah. We spent like two weeks there, lots of trips to Oxnard, which you've done. Those mm-hmm. are some of my favorite memories. Those are fun. And yeah. lots of kids camps, lots of kids camps. Oh my which gosh. I kind of am camp, so <laughs> yeah. I love camp, but yeah. it's exhausting. Um, but sure. just like the most amazing experiences. And I remember like we met so many celebrities and did so many cool things mm-hmm. and worked with so many players. And I just look back on that time, like I really did that. I yeah. really had that opportunity and um, Kelly and Judy are obviously like very world renowned at what they do. Mm-hmm. So I feel like a lot of opportunity finds them, mm-hmm. but I feel like they never rested that being enough. So yeah. they're constantly like searching out, like what else can DCC be doing? Yeah. So I feel like they walked us into a lot of cool opportunities we may have never had That's awesome. otherwise. So it was super cool. Yeah. But yeah, I had a great time cheering, got to work with a lot of choreographers, obviously did the mm-hmm. show um, and just felt like I was finally getting to blend my performance fun side Mm -hmm. with still showcasing technique and tricks and all that. I'm the weird one that a highlight of me each year for mine was auditions. Yeah. I love interviews. I love solos. I love all that stuff. So it was, those were fun memories too. So my experience was great. Very busy, very little sleep, Yeah, but really, really good. But I know like I will look back on my experience just like you do and be like, I really did that. Mm-hmm. Like I lived through that. Yeah. That was incredible. Yes. Yeah. It's yes. so cool the things that we get to do and the opportunities we have. And I love what you said because um, this is something like I'm passionate about as well. And where I came from, like a lot of girls went to LA and New York mm-hmm. and that was the two routes that you had. Right. And, and that was the only like, cool acceptable route. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. I know so many other dancers feel this way because I still talk to high schoolers mm-hmm. who are like, well, I only have this option and this option. I'm like, no, no, mm-hmm. you don't. Because I thought the same thing. And that's why I never considered professional sports mm-hmm. as like a career. And there's so much opportunity. You're doing really cool stuff that people in LA audition for and right. stuff, but it's more consistent. And you're it's, not having to constantly re-audition. Yeah. And like, for me, this is great because I don't have to like really 
I mean, we, we have other jobs outside to help, but like, you don't have to struggle and like, mm-hmm. you know, eat ramen every night <laughs> right. while you're trying you to make it's it. like a and little more than ramen. It's yeah. not quite fine food, but it's in between yeah. for sure. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. But you know what I mean? Like yeah. you're not, you have a little bit more stability yes. as well as being able to get to do all these cool things and mm-hmm. have a consistent paycheck. And mm-hmm. like, it's so much more comforting. And like, that's why I tell dancers all the time, like, do not limit yourself. Right. Like you should train in every style that you can you should be as versatile as you can because i see dancers so many times who think oh i'm going to be in a company and so Mm -hmm. they only train in Mm -hmm. contemporary they only train in one style and their body grows up to be something different exactly and Mm -hmm. then also you limit yourself because you're trying out for all these companies when really if you would prepare yourself for the commercial dance world you could Mm -hmm. probably get a commercial like an old navy commercial exactly or you could try out for the professional sports team and make money that way and i know so many girls who live in LA who are now like transitioning into like the Clippers and the Mm -hmm. Lakers and Mm -hmm. having to do other stuff to like make ends meet. And it just helps you if you're like willing to broaden what you think that you can do. Yeah. And that's the same with like, I speak to dancers all the time that are like, well, I guess I could always fall back on a cruise ship. And I'm like, fall back on a cruise ship, tour the world for eight months with a consistent paycheck and some of your best friends. I think that sounds like a great time. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, and that's the same with the pro sports world. Like you make a team for a year. Yeah. So you may not be getting every opportunity that that organization has. You mm-hmm. have to grow into those. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a year, you're getting opportunity. Mm-hmm. And you also get that camaraderie and that team and that yeah. sisterhood. Exactly. And those relationships support you while you're going through mm-hmm. it. Whereas in LA, everybody talks about it all the time. And I'm not dogging LA. I know people that love it out there, kill yes. it out there. Yeah. You have to be networking, networking, networking. For sure. But when you're on a team, your network is practice. Yeah. So it's like you really get to constantly like, it's it's just an easier setup. Yeah. And I do think the dance world is kind of changing. And mm. I think part of it has to do with the collegiate programs have become so strong. So strong, yeah. And then a lot of those collegiate dancers have segued into pro sports. Yep. Or even worse, I say worse, they've segued <sighs> and not made it. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I did have to prepare for this. Mm. I can't just show up. This is a big deal audition. Yeah. And so I think it's brought some more clout and like, yeah, for you sure. know, a little bit more respect to the organizations themselves. Yeah. Um, my big thing was like, if dancers didn't think it was cool, that was fine with me because I was getting the opportunities they weren't. Exactly. You know? So exactly. I was fine with it. You don't have to like it. I'll be here doing it. I'm having the best time of my life. with Selena Gomez yeah. and you are. <laughs> I'm meeting Pitbull who, yeah. by the way, said something to me and I got so uncomfortable. I said, yes, sir, Mr. Bull. Oh. So like, there's that too. Mr. So, Bull. Yes, Mr. Bull. <laughs> Yes, that happened. Stop. So he asked me about something. We were on stage and he was like, yeah, we're going to go out. And he like dropped some, you know, different things about talking about going out, which I am not the going out girl. Yeah. Like, so I was like, yes, sir, Mr. Bull. That was it. Oh, no. <laughs> so, but you're right. You get yeah. opportunities to meet these people and like right. live. I mean, like I've danced in front of hundreds of thousands. Mm-hmm. Wimberley Stadium, they put us on this small stage out front. This is the stadium in London. And it was like go sports. It was anybody and everybody in any sports or jersey they could find. Yeah. But it was like flooded with people just like screaming for the 12 of us that were there. So it's, you're right. Like there are opportunities that you would never envision having the chance Mm -hmm. to do in these organizations. Um, And it's, it's widespread. It's not just DCC. It's a lot of different Mm -hmm. teams, NFL, NBA, NHL. Exactly. I love that it's getting bigger and there's so many respectable dancers Mm -hmm. going those routes. And so it makes other people be like, Oh, Maybe I uh-huh. should do this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, so on top of everything else <laughs> that you're doing, being a mom, I would yeah. say, probably has to be the hardest job of them all. Yes. But you Moms know, of three-year-olds. Unite. Yeah. <laughs> but you have the most adorable son. His name is Clark, uh-huh. which, like, when you see him, you're like, Clark. Like He's He just looks this, like a Clark. Yeah, he's just this little blonde, like, very put-together mm-hmm. Boy, he has like, I mean, I came over to your house that one time and he was golfing in yes. the living room. Just golfing everywhere. He eats yeah. with one hand so he won't get the other dirty. Oh. Like he's like a little extra particular, as is my husband. So yeah. like we're not mad about it. But yeah. he oh, is. Well. He's a Clark through and through. That is so funny. <laughs> so how do you balance that with everything else that you're doing? It's super hard. I'm sure. And that's why we have one right now. Yeah. Because I'm like, my other one is make it pro dance. That's my second yeah. child. So my third child is the school that I coach for. So it's a lot. Um, but I feel, like I said, I feel called to all of it. The second I don't feel called to something, I'll back out of it. Right. Um, but it's, good. it's it's definitely hard. I think it's positive for my only child mm-hmm. to see that he can't always be the one that we're like orbiting our world around. Mm. So 
he needs to know that I've got to answer emails right now mm-hmm. and that I have to get this done. Um, but it is a challenge and he's three and three-year-olds, God love them. Like they, uh, they will put you through the works. <laughs> so, um, but we do, we raise him with a lot of Christian parenting because mm-hmm. my husband and I are both, you know, Christians and we want to, we want our faith to be integral in everything we do. We don't believe in a compartmentalized faith. Yeah. And um, so we raise him with that mindset. He's super smart. And so people all the time he are like, smart. how does he know those words? And like, because I use them with him. Like <laughs> I use words with him, like proclivity and like those kind of things. And he's like, what? But he learns them from that. And yeah. I always, you know, with golf, like he loves it speaking of proclivity, but he has one <laughs> for it. And I would never want to tell him you're just, you're only two, you're only yeah. three. Cause I started dancing it too. Yeah. And that's what the Lord had for me for forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just really believe in like breathing into him and growing him to be who God wants him to be mm-hmm. and not dulling any of that. Mm-hmm. Now it does make, you know, stubborn <laughs> choosing to believe he'll change the world. Um, but it does make that <laughs> process a little bit hard, but it's, yeah. it's just about consistency. Everything right. is. I have to consistently show up for my team, mm-hmm. consistently show up for my company and consistently show up for my husband and my son. Yeah. And um, Fortunately, though, one of the best things about building your own company is I teach when he's asleep. Yeah. So most nights I put him down for bed and then I run to the studio. Yeah. So I'm up super late. Yeah, like you are. Midnight is like an early bedtime for me um, because I do admin stuff after I get home. But I'm up late because of it, but I'm with him because of it. Mm. So it's been, you know, a wild ride of constantly playing Tetris. Yeah. Um, somebody, he started school today. Oh, somebody so was like, good. are you sad? I was like, no, I need childcare so bad. Yeah. I'm happy. So like, <laughs> that was kind of where we were at with it. And he thrives there. But it's oh. just one of those, like, you just have to be able to navigate each day. And mm. I believe that being a mom is tough no matter where you're at in life. Mm. Mm-hmm. So if I was just home with him, it would be tough. If I was working full time, nine to five, it would be tough. So mm. it's just something to kind of, enjoy where you're at while you're kind of pushing through to that next phase. Yeah. One day at a time. Yes. I can't wait to see him grow up. Oh, oh he's like, see that. He may be like, be. you know, the kid that is everybody's best friend or the one you avoid, like <laughs> want to be in a group project. So like, no. cause he's very strong willed. Yeah. So I'm like, you'll get the group project done, but you might make everybody mad in the process, <laughs> but that's okay. So he's, and he's got his little best friends. That's the best part. Yeah. In class together. Oh. And so it's, he has been a joy to like raise. And I know the Lord has a huge calling on his life yeah. and just sense it. So yeah. we're excited to see where he goes. It reminds me of that verse. It's like, um, you, te- you know, you, if you teach a kid when they're younger, mm-hmm. like they'll come back to that when they're older. Absolutely. Like, you know what I'm talking about? I don't yeah, remember what verse. Yes. In mm-hmm. Psalms. Um, but I think it's so cool because like you can kind of trust and like you're mm-hmm. being faithful in your parenting mm-hmm. and that's going to carry with him through the rest of his life. Even yeah. if he goes through like a rough patch, I don't know. Kids always do. Or like, oh, yeah. adults it's called do. growth. Yeah, like every time growth. you get something figured out, they grow and you're like changing plans again. Yeah. So my husband and I, we call it, it's based off of this program we follow called moms on call, which if you're listening moms on call. You need it. If you have a child <laughs> at all, it's like a manual on how to have a kid. Wow. But um, we tighten the reins around him. So like we just make the circle tighter and mm-hmm. kids are going to bump into the circle, but you want to circle the wagons around them instead of letting there be gaps in the circle because wow. yeah. they're going to run through them every time. Mm-hmm. So it's harder for us because we're having to like strong arm him, you know, symbolically. Yeah. But I'd rather do that at three and at four and at five instead of at 16. Right. It'll be like easier when you're yeah. older. So obviously, you know, God teaches you patience mm-hmm. and all those things, but what do you think, like, how do you think God's grown you most through being mm-hmm. a mom? I think God has grown me the most through being a mom. Um, I, okay, so kind of crazy. Going into this, I didn't think this was ever going to be an issue for me. But postpartum, I didn't struggle with postpartum depression, but I struggled with postpartum anxiety. Okay. Didn't know it at the time. Looking back, I'm like, probably should have seen someone, but that's okay. The Lord <laughs> saw me okay. through. Yeah. Uh, but I did. I can be a fearful person. Mm-hmm. So like people meet me and think like, I'm going to be on roller coasters in life of the party. False. I'll be holding purses at the bottom. <laughs> I will not be on anything that has any risk involved. Yeah. I don't even like going fast on speedboats. Like none of that stuff. Uh, that's funny. So <laughs> it was one of those that I had, you know, I have a little bit of fear that I have to work through. I'm, a, I'm scared of the dark. I always have been. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I pray over our house consistently. So I think the Lord has really um, shown me how to give over my fears. Mm-hmm. Um, that's and hard that's, as a mom. It's hard as a mom. Yeah. It's hard as a person in general. The world we live in is is scary. incredibly terrifying. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but we're called not to be anxious. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not called to sit here and worry through prayer about this. I'm called to pray, but not to be anxious. Mm-hmm. So I've had to learn how to emotionally like separate that fear out. Mm-hmm. I'm relatively good at separating out sadness, 
or choosing joy, I'm not great at separating out fear. Mm. So that's been the biggest lesson that the Lord has walked me through and is still walking me through. Um, yeah. And I can get anxious over the smallest thing, like yeah. being late. I hate being late. Yeah. I can get anxious over not being prepared. I can get anxious over, you know, my son is throwing a fit and we need to be leaving right now. So mm. it's just like, proving to me that I have to um, continue to refine my lifestyle to make myself less anxious from just choices, mm. but also I can't refine everything out. Right. So well, you can have grace with yourself. Exactly. Yeah. So that's been the biggest thing that he's taught me. And I think that's, I'm so glad it happened pre 2020 because that was a very challenging time emotionally yeah. for everyone. Right. So that kind of gave me that process, but long mm. story short fear, he has taught me to overcome that and to push through it. Um, not knowing that the storm won't be there, but knowing that I have his strength to go through storms. Yeah. Wow. You should just say that again. <laughs> Everyone take notes. <laughs> knowing that the storm won't be there, but having the strength to get through the storm yeah. through God. Yeah, yeah. That's so good. I feel like fear is like so relatable for every, yeah. a lot, you know, at all walks of life, but especially being a mom. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I would get like annoyed with my mom. Cause I'm like, Why are you so afraid of me? Like yes. going to do this. Yes. But I, when I think about having a child myself, I'm like, oh, when they start to drive, I'm going to be like following them. I know. On the ride. <laughs> like, like, please slow down. Don't mind me in the back. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally get it. I totally no, get it. I know. So that's really, that's really awesome that God's like, you know, showing you that and showing you like the areas of life that you have to surrender to him even more and mm -hmm. just trust like he's going to take care of you. He's mm -hmm. going to protect you. And, and it's already, it, he's gone before it. Yeah. So yeah. walking through that and then, you know, biblically, like the Bible does not say we overcome our fear. It mm -hmm. says that Jesus overcomes our fear. Yeah. So it's, you know, prayer overcomes fear. Right. It's not me having to desperately plead with Jesus to fix it. It's just saying his name alone can yes. take it away. So oh my gosh, yes. it's been super cool to kind of walk through that. I've had, <laughs> you said this, like you're scared of the dark. Or, yes. Um, I get I'm a 34 really, year old adult. Yeah, scared of, scared of the dark. <laughs> I get scared of being home alone. Mm -hmm. And like when I was little, I remember having so much anxiety. Like mm -hmm. I would be yelling across the house, like, did you set the alarm? Like, oh, same. And same. Um, I would still do that, honestly. But I think I've had those panic moments where I'm like, there's something going on. You know, mm -hmm. like I'm just terrified and like literally saying Jesus's name. Absolutely. I know there's like a song that I sing to myself. Like, this is so cheesy, but I do it. It's like, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, yes. Jesus, you silence fear. I sing that to myself when I get scared yeah. because it does help like just saying his name and what you said about like, he's been through everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there's nothing that he can't relate to us on. Right. It's not like Jesus didn't experience fear. Like he was 100%. a man. 100%. I think that's something that people don't, really like process is that yeah. Jesus was a man. He wasn't like this. I mean, you would could have seen him walking on the street and right. been like, Oh, he's like every other normal average dude. He wasn't like glowing, you know? Right. Like he, he experienced fear, temptation, everything, but he is like our hope to get through that because he did it perfectly. Exactly. And, like, he's our strength. Yeah, exactly. It makes life so much easier when you it realize does. you don't have to do it alone and mm -hmm. you know, be strong on your own. And it's like just being humble and knowing exactly. that. Yeah, so exactly. Good. Okay, so my second question to that is what is the biggest joy of being a mom? I love seeing him learn. So oh, this is yeah. going to sound so crazy. I was not the girl that dreamed of my wedding growing up. It's not that I don't love <laughs> weddings. I do. But I didn't yeah. have this like perfect vision. I didn't have this perfect like honeymoon vision. Mm -hmm. Praise God, I got married pre-Pinterest and pre-Instagram. Oh. So we got to spend a whole lot less. Yeah. <laughs> it was really nice. But yeah. I dreamed about dedicating a baby in our church. Uh -huh. That was like a huge thing I dreamed about. I was dedicating. And teaching a kid to read. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why I care about those. I love reading. I'm a huge book nerd. I read a lot with my grandmother and my mom growing up. It was mm -hmm. like reading to me was like going to the amusement park. Yeah. Like, I was like very into it. Still, I'm very <laughs> into it. Um, but even as a kid, I was like that. So I love seeing him learn things. Like yeah. when he uses a new word correctly, I'm like, ah, you're the smartest kid in the whole world. Yeah. Like that's how I feel. So it's been really neat to watch that process and see him like grow a personality. Um, but I think the biggest joy comes from seeing him conquer his fears, mm -hmm. conquer his new things, mm -hmm. um, like starting school today. He got overwhelmed because it's like the first day is like picture like we're in a yeah, private school. So yeah. it's like, they make a big deal out of everything, which is awesome. Right. So it's like pictures everywhere and teachers and it's loud. And even my husband's like, this is a lot. Yeah. Like, I feel you. I'm overwhelmed too. And all the kids screaming. Yes. Yeah. And so he's not crying. He's like not shutting down, but kind of like gets a little introverted. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And then, you know, he sees my mom because my mom's the vice principal of the school. Oh, yeah. And then my sister's the PE coach. So we're all there. <laughs> he sees them and he's like instantly joy, Aww. instant relief. So watching that relationship is so much joy for me. Um, but we walk him into his room and it's like no tears. He's ready to go. He can't wait. He's just watching him kind of like continue to grow and conquer things that could mm -hmm. quote unquote be hard. Yeah. That's so much joy for me. You have a little child like, prodigy. I think. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> but in like weird things. Like yeah. I was, a, I played violin and did debate, right? I like, did violin That's too. probably like where he's headed. Yeah. We do have a lot in common. Yeah. But he, um, just watching him kind of like get to that next step and not feel like he needs us, you know, yeah. which is so weird to say, but like you want kids that are well-adjusted that mm -hmm. can go out and do things. Um, and that is not to say that that's not where other kids are at despite the parenting. Like mm -hmm. a lot of kids have great parents and just have other things they're working through because mm -hmm. of the personality the Lord gave them. Mm -hmm. But that's been a, super fun for us to watch yeah. him like play t-ball and not cry because he didn't get the ball. Oh. Like those kind of things. So wow. watching him just I grow into a little human. Oh, it is. It's the best. It's the absolute I mean, best. I'll wait a little bit. You know, so, uh, yeah. I have some time. You got some time. I can't wait to watch the little kid. And we waited a while to have him. So the Lord uses the number seven in my life a lot. Well, yeah. Which yeah. is like the number of completion. Like I, that. Yeah. I get seven a lot. So um, Tyler and I dated seven months and were engaged for seven months. Oh, and yeah. I it. Say that. Mm -hmm. And then we waited a while to have a child and we were married seven years and seven months to the day that he was born. Wow. In room seven. Whoa. So I, I know. Wow. I walked in and had to be induced and was like, uh, I was starting to get a little nervous because he was huge. He was oh. nine pounds, three ounces. He was so big. Ow. <laughs> and I literally was like, I'm kind of getting nervous, like how this is going to go. It ended up going great. Um, and she was like, you're in room seven. I was like, awesome. I can handle it. Yeah. You're that's like, perfect. Okay, to me, okay. The second they did that, I knew it was good. So, Wait, wow. That's cool. Yeah, it I was super that. cool. So watching just kind of like, you know, him grow and just seeing him become a person and mm -hmm. have a plan and the Lord has a plan for him. Like mm -hmm. it's been super cool. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay. So obviously you guys have heard Jen just talk about like her faith throughout mm -hmm. her career and life and just, it plays like a huge role. Like huge you said, role. it's not compartmentalized it's everything mm -hmm. it bleeds into everything so how have you authentically like combined your passion for dance with your mission to be faithful and you know spread the gospel and mm -hmm. live a life with christ so i try to do this and i am not perfect at this at all i'm probably more imperfect than perfect but that's okay the lord <laughs> loves our intentions right yeah <laughs> um, so i try really hard to do a couple of things first i'm picky about what songs i play mm-hmm and um, there are certain artists I'll never play because of the stance that they've taken publicly on mm -hmm. certain, like Little Nas X. I was going to say Little Nas is the one person I think of. So yeah. never will be played in my class. And um, even if the music's great, I won't listen to it. It doesn't matter. It's not showing up. It's not yeah. for my ears either. Um, and then I try to be picky about like even movement quality, which mm -hmm. is hard. Mm -hmm. um, and that may, you know, that's very subjective. So that's open to interpretation by a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But I kind of view it as like the swimsuit calendar when I cheered. Like yeah. I felt comfortable with what I was doing. And mm -hmm. um, the next step up, I don't think would have been the fit for what the Lord wanted for me. Yeah. Um, so I just try to make those choices. But um, I am very, very big on... Um, I feel like the Lord's given me a platform mm -hmm. and if I don't use it, it will be taken away. Yeah, for sure. So, and that is not probably biblical. It's not written in there, but I do believe that, you know, or I guess it is like in the parable of the talents, the guy that buries the talents and doesn't grow yeah. the coins, his get taken away and given to the man that grew more. Yeah. So I want to be growing constantly. So I'm constantly working in conversation about how, you know, we're called to be Christians. I'm constantly working in conversations about who their identity is. Mm -hmm. And I'm constantly working in conversations about being encouraged and motivated and empowered versus defeated. Or even sometimes dancers, this is weird, but become like disgusted with themselves. Like, I don't look good enough. I'm not oh, good yeah. enough. I'm never going to date. Yeah. So like pulling all of that back and mm -hmm. getting them to a place of understanding that they're wonderfully made. Mm -hmm. And so I work really hard to like integrate that in my classes mm -hmm. uh, but then in one-on-one -on -one conversation give biblical advice yeah. because a lot of people um, that come to my classes some are christians some are not, some are not both yeah. are and i love that they're not yeah I want exactly. them to keep coming right they will never feel pressured to like accept christ in no class, <laughs> but i want them to like at least be like evidenced to what i've been given yeah. as a testimony um but there are a lot of people that grew up in what I would call a Christian influence, but don't have a Christian faith. Right. So they went to church, they've read some Bible verses, they went to a camp growing up, but they they've never made is. a decision. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. just like getting them to a better biblical understanding of who they are, how they've been created, how to handle rejection, how to walk through 
a tough time, how to lean on the Lord, like mm-hmm. that's my opportunity. Yeah. And so I'm going to run with that as far as I can. Yeah. Um, never offending. I grew up in a very culturally diverse neighborhood, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. And so I had friends that celebrated Ramadan and my best yeah. friend Jack Lee played violin with me and went to Chinese school. And like, yeah. So I grew up with a culturally diverse environment and respect and love, love all people. That. Yeah. But um, I always want to give to them what I know can help from yeah. the faith that I have. Yeah. So that's, that's really so where good. I feel called to like, if I'm not using it, it'll be gone. Yeah. And so, okay. So something I thought about when you said that is like the story of Esther. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The story of Esther, which is, um, like, you know, you're made for this moment. And if she wouldn't have been faithful where Mm -hmm. God called her to be faithful, then he would have used somebody else because he's still going to have like his will prevail, but he might use somebody else. And so I always think about that with myself too. I'm like, I want to be the first plant to use. Like, I don't want to sit back and like, just ignore the calling he's out of my life. So mm-hmm. I think it is true. It is biblical, mm-hmm. you know, and I think if you're a believer, it's something that you should like try to be in tune with because mm-hmm. you could miss something that like is, has such a great impact. Right. So something I have thought about too, and what kind of what you were touching on with like having different cultures and different mm-hmm. people who, you know, aren't believers, someone who is not a believer is going to walk into your class mm-hmm. and still feel joyed and right. like, welcomed and, and cared for. That's my biggest for. thing. Yes. And like what it's really about is um, being like a light in that space. So people mm-hmm. are like, how is she the way that she is? Mm-hmm. And I've talked about this with some people. Like I really think it's cool when you find like a really cool artist or mm-hmm. um, just anything like a company or something that is run really well or an artist who is really talented and you don't necessarily know that they're a Christian, like, mm-hmm. because they're not like, putting they're a not box. Handing a cross on everything. Yeah. Right? And they're not, yeah, they're not putting mm-hmm. a box of like, Oh, I'm a Christian singer. It's mm-hmm. like, no. Um, or like a Christian athlete for mm-hmm. one, there, there can be a really great like football player, baseball player, right. whatever you want to say. And, um, you don't necessarily know that he's a Christian cause he's not like spewing it out right. to like the world on everything, mm-hmm. but the people that know him, you know, know, and mm-hmm. it's the way he treats people. It's like, the way that they are that makes people wonder absolutely like, where does that like come from and i think that's super cool because you reach a like a broader mm-hmm. um group of people and yeah. so if you're you know if you're only surrounding yourself with believers or you're mm-hmm. only surrounding yourself with people who are the same as you then you don't have the outreach that you could right. because you're not reaching the people that you know have no idea right you know, and we live in such a world today where everyone says things, but they rarely do them. Mm-hmm. And everybody thinks everyone's like opinion is valuable. I'm different. I don't think all of our opinions are valuable, yeah. mine included. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, quiet works too. Yeah. But um, in that, <laughs> totally. I definitely, I try my best to, for example, I'm not against posting Christian stuff on social media. Yeah. I'm very for it. But if I'm posting stuff and I'm not living it, mm. where is the value in that? There's totally. none. That's good. So I would rather, as you know, it says to do, and I'm going to mess up which verse this is in. But anyway, in the Bible, it says that we want to work quietly. Mm-hmm. And so I want to work in a way that people come to class and they hear nuggets of truth and faith, mm-hmm. as opposed to having to see me say it and then they come to class and I'm totally different. Right. And um, so I think my life should be the evidence of it, not just my social media so or good. my words, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the biggest kind of like plan that I have with it. And, and I never, I never want anybody to be offended. I don't think anybody ever would be. And um, because at the end of the day, like, regardless of who you are, or where you're from, you are equally loved by me and Jesus. Exactly. You know, like yes. he loves his Christians, just like he loves his lost people. Yeah. And so I'm called to do the same thing. Right. So, and um, that's very much like where I've kind of gotten in and I've gotten in some cool faith based conversations and private sessions mm-hmm. with just people that are asking questions from class. Mm-hmm. So that's been cool. Um, I've been able to encourage some. I've been able to kind of hear stories of people that are like, I wasn't involved and now I'm trying to get involved in a church being here. Mm-hmm. And we just have such an opportunity every time. Yeah. Um, I also used to have kind of this situation. This is a lot tangently, but let's oh, do it. Do it. <laughs> where I worked at a church for a long time as a mm-hmm. choreographer and through a series of events, it was no longer the right fit. Mm-hmm. Um, it just wasn't where God had me. Mm-hmm. And I, to be honest, was heartbroken over it, like completely heartbroken and a little embarrassed by it. Um, and my, one of my best friends, Lauren, I quote her often. She was like, the thing is God doesn't need you there. He needs you here mm-hmm. because there are other people that can do that exact same job you did at the church. Nobody would know the difference. Right. But 
there's not other people that mm-hmm. had this opportunity, this platform, this unique divine situation line up mm-hmm. to have this, you know, group of people. So, good. so that's really kind of more where I've like taken and been like, okay, well, I need to be very active where I've been called yeah. because not everybody's been called to the same places. Yeah, that's good. And he needs people and everywhere, you know, in the grocery stores, yes. you know, wherever yes. you are. And I think like something to point out, you know, going back to what you said, your life should be marked by love and faith and mm-hmm. Obviously, in this podcast, like we're getting into the deep depths of things, and yeah. I'm like questioning you on your faith a yeah. lot. But when you walk into a class, or like if you, you know, I would say like my teammates, like I'm not like that's this is not all I talk about. Correct. Like yeah. I'm a very like yeah. you know normal, and you talk about normal girl things yes. and stuff. But like you said, if I, I have a podcast called Sweetest Honey, and if I am going to practice and I'm like rude to everyone, mm-hmm. I think I, no one would have respect right for me they wouldn't they'd be like what like why are you why does she have this podcast right. you know and not to say i'm always perfect at that but like no but the like the my intentions the are, process yeah there makes a huge difference yeah your intentions are so important and like that's always my intention and so i think it's good to like check yourself a mm-hmm. lot as a believer and practice what you preach and yeah that's you know for everyone right because we put whatever we want on social media exactly and i it's say, easy to post it's hard to live it yeah i feel like so many people are like be a kind person whatever and yeah. like oh were you a kind person today <laughs> yeah. when that person cut you off yeah. in the traffic no yeah. like you do have to check yourself a little bit and and practice what you preach and you know make sure that your intentions are well yeah absolutely so, yeah um okay well this has been really fun and yes. i hope that like a lot of dancers specifically and moms and all those people listen to this but um anyone can apply these things to, to their life and so I'm so glad that people got a little look into your life and Thank how you, you for are. the opportunity. Yeah. I mean, you're a mentor, like I said, to a lot of people. And so I think this will be good for others to hear. Well, thank you. I'm excited. And I love that you are bringing to light so many stories of women of faith that are in the industry. Yeah. And not just like pro cheer, but just dance in general. Because yeah. I think people overlook that a lot mm-hmm. and they secularize it, secularize us so fast. Yeah. And just oh assume like she wears two pieces. She can't love Jesus. And I'm like, that's not true. Like at I all. I get that all the time. So I totally <laughs> appreciate and love what you're doing yeah. with this as well. So thank you for having me. Of course. I am so excited. And we'll probably have you back at some point. Okay, cool. So much wisdom. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you guys for listening see and tuning in and we'll see you next time on the sweetest name podcast